0: Chibber. And I'm Jen Northington. And this is Tar Valiner Bust, a Wheel of Time podcast. When you have
1: a wolf by the ears, it's as hard to let go as to hang on. And that is Rand freaking out about Nynaeve being in Bearlawn. And I picked it because I love all the like folksy sayings in the book. <laughs> <laughs> that good old country down home wisdom.
0: And maybe we'll come back to this quote in uh, in a few episodes. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. Foreshadowing. Uh, we will be rereading the books in advance of the TV show Adaptation's release, talking about our favorite and maybe not-so-favorite moments, and in digging into all things Wheel of Time. And I,
1: as always, I mean, there's only been two episodes, but... <laughs>
0: already have like an mo
1: (laughs) i have a bunch of notes for us before we get into the chapter discussion okay so our first note here is we got a question from jericho one of our patreon supporters bt dubs thank you thank you Um, so jericho asked do we know if the tv series is going to start with eye of the world or will they try to start with a new spring Good question. So I did some research and here's what we know from like a combination of what the showrunners have said and some script leaks that they've like very deliberately leaked. Um, We know that they're starting with two rivers stuff like Rand, Bella and Tam are all for sure in season one, but it occurred to me And, like, again, this is just speculation on my part. Like, what we know is they're starting with two rivers, which would be Eye of the World. But I'm wondering if they might not, like, throw some new spring in there, like, maybe some flashback situations or something.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if we got, because, you know, it's, um, I think, oh, my God, now I'm losing her name, who is playing Moiraine. Rosalind, Rosalind Ro- Pike, yes, thank you. We got there together <laughs> Rosalind Pike, um ironically enough, I was going to say seems like the biggest name in in the in the cast right now, even as much as I love Daniel Henney. I do Rosamund Pike, rosamund Pike right <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do think that she's she's probably the most recognizable of everybody, so I wouldn't be surprised if they were giving. They'll give us some more of Moiraine's backstory earlier than we might have gotten it, as we as we had to wait in the books um, for that prequel to come out before the series ended.
1: Yeah, Breathing's <sighs> still mad about it. I'll be mad about it forever. <laughs> but that's what we know right now. It's November eighteenth. It's possible that like tomorrow, some news will come out that changes everything. We'll talk about it another time. In two weeks. <laughs> that's what happens. <laughs> Uh, also a follow up on the audio teaser that we talked about last time, as I was googling around, I saw that it has been confirmed by the actress who's playing Igween that it is Egwin and Perrin. So not, interesting. Not Egwin and Rand. Yeah, yeah. Super interesting. It's like, so interesting. interesting. We can't talk about we can't talk about why that's interesting yet, because it's
0: spoilers for but later stuff. It does contextualize that scene.
1: Yeah, yeah, sure does.
0: Uh, I just got so excited.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I've got a link to um, fan cited, which had the quote and like, you know, the receipts from the actress. So I'll leave that in the show notes. Okay. Also my final note. Can we talk for a second about how these books are making my carpal tunnel worse? (laughs) Because (laughs) this is, I'm not even kidding. Preeti. So as y'all know, if you're following along at home, these are like 800, 900 page books, right? They're massive. And even the mass market paperback is like, pre- it's not small. It's no, not it's pre- small. They're pretty heavy. It's heavy. So uh, some thing, and I'm like, you know, I have a desk job. So Carpal Tunnel is a constant battle to like not descend into that. And I've like had weird situations in the past where I accidentally like, messed something up and then had to rehab it at home myself. But what I've discovered is that if something about my wrist posture, I guess, when I hold this book to read it for long periods of time, later that day and into the next day, just the top joint of my middle finger on my left (laughs) hand goes numb. I'm not even kidding. These books are damaging me.
0: (laughs) It's funny because I remember reading the final book on the subway when it was in hardcover like the huge tome that weighed like 10 pounds yeah I dropped it on a woman once actually I was I was it's I was mortified because I was standing on the L and it was like rush hour because I was going home and it was packed and I was standing uh in front of somebody who was sitting down and the, the train sort of like jolted a little bit and I dropped my book on her and I was like I'm so sorry sorry
1: I'm having I'm having like a sense memory flashback to being stuck on a really
0: crowded L right now. Not thank you for not that. I don't want that. I'm <laughs> at <you right> now. <laughs> I know nowadays. God, no. It was also uh, I was I was I don't think I told this story last time, but I was um, when the final book came out, I was reading it on the train and I got off at my stop and I was like, I had it like basically in front of my face while I was walking. And some boy tapped me on the shoulder. And in New York, I'm like, don't talk to me. I don't know you. Right. <laughs> but I like, took my headphone out and I was like, yes. And he pulled the book out of his <laughs> And He was like, oh, my God, I'm reading the same thing. <laughs> and I was like, we're both so strong. We can carry these huge books yeah. on the subway. Wow.
1: <laughs> right. Well, so the moral of the story is I bought paperback versions of the first two and I'm going to stick with it and just try to think I mean I might get like a wrist brace specifically for
0: reading them but I'm going to have to switch to
1: the digital ver- I'm going to have to switch to ebooks
0: but the the paper I'm glad I also like finally all my books came in from um, a used bookstore I've been enjoying being able to write in it though like I, I've been taking notes in the book
1: no I don't I'm not a book note taker oh. I have a notepad for it. I'm a
0: huge book note taker I like to star and underline (laughs) and my favorite thing is to just do a line next to a paragraph Mm -hmm. I won't put a note so in like a month I'm gonna be like what did I mean this for? Why? Yeah, why?
1: No. That's why I don't do notes in books because they're gibberish. At like five seconds after I've done it. I have no idea what I meant or like what I was trying to accomplish. I'm just like, well, these are like hieroglyphics that I, even I can't decipher. And I'm the one who made them. So <laughs> oh, yes, I I, I write down instead, I write down nonsensical, almost illegible things in a notebook.
0: And that works for me. <laughs> I, I have a good note. You can't read it. I can't read it. I can't read that. But it's a good note. I would use it in an
1: essay. All right. Okay. Well, to each <laughs> their own. I have no like. I have no philosophical issue with writing the book. So, like, I know some people feel like the book is sacred, and oh, I have no. no. I have no problems with. I dog ear everything. Yes. Yeah, all the spines are broken. Like whatever, it's fine. It's fine. There's peanut butter on everything. Like, it's, it's, <laughs> why is this sticky? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. This is also why I don't love my books out. <laughs> They're all covered in spaghetti sauce and peanut butter. Uh, Speaking
0: of uh, Sticky Gross Boys. (laughs) Sure, that's a segue. (laughs) We are talking about chapters 11 to 20 today in which so much happens. Except we
1: still only have one narrator. Yes, Until,
0: until chapter 20. 21. Oh, it's 21? It's 21. I've looked
1: 14 times because I could not believe Damn. That even even that last chapter. Yep.
0: Oh, shit. You're right. <laughs> Wait. No, 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 no. Hold on. Because I made a note. We're going to have to edit this because I swear yes. to God it was chapter 20. Where's the part where Perrin runs into um...
1: Egwene. That's after chapter
0: 20. It's like chapter 22. What the yep. fuck? Why are my notes bad? Well, I don't know. I said chapter 20 is the first other point of view we get and it is Perrin, but I was a liar. 10 more chapters of <laughs> Rand Al'Thor. Except he's still nice though. Yes, you... he's still good. He's still a good kid who who like there's this point where we're going to be jumping all over the place again as usual um but when they're writing before they get to berylon but after all this like drama has happened with like the car and and um i believe after the ferry too mm-hmm. rand has this moment where he's like He can see Egwene is like a little tired and so he has this like, oh, I guess she's like seeing how hard this is actually and da da da. But then he like kind of catches himself
1: and remembers
0: that like, oh no, wait, like I got to sleep all day. She didn't. Like that's kind of a shitty thing to think. And I was like, that's really nice. (laughs) He's a good
1: kid. He's trying. He's he's just doing the best job
0: he can. He is, and there's a lot that comes into I think this these chapters where he's thinking about specifically in regards to Egwene, but I think also you can kind of apply it to the whole thing as as per uh <laughs> Robert Jordan's MO. Uh mm. he's thinking a lot about choice and there's this like quote that uh, he thinks basically in chapter 12 when he sees Egwene isn't really being affected by like the damp or the cold and she's like still super gung-ho and he he says like there must be a difference in what you say it seemed to him depending on if you had sought adventure or if you had had it forced upon you and again so it mm. comes back to this notion of choice although I thought it was hilarious to put that in conjunction with like a woman and having the privilege of choice <laughs> like okay <laughs> But I do really like that idea of, like, there's a lot about choice and Moiraine telling him, Matt, and Perrin that they don't have a choice, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think at one point she's like, I will kill you myself. Yep. If... (laughs) before I let the dark one have you and you're like wow okay that's then. not reassuring like I don't <laughs> feel better
0: right now <laughs> I know and it, it sounds trite to say that it does come down to like character choices but so much comes down to the decisions that like kind of like split second decisions these characters make right like yeah with um Matt's Matt kind of bucking tradition and and be and and bucking like authority and being like we're gonna go look around shed our logos or or Rand oh I'm so I get so irritated cuz I'm like you guys are so stupid but ranting put on fain or paint it however you say it and not telling anyone It's like yeah I'll just keep this
1: random Weasley guy secret for no good reason and tell him all my business tells him everything what a dummy it's you know he's not the sharpest spoon in the drawer Um, (laughs) but he is he is trying he is trying tm uh it's yeah i so can we talk about your garbage child matt for a second i know (laughs) he is the worst i was reading okay like let's uh, i guess i will (laughs) do a little synopsizing all right, so they've left the two rivers and they're on the run from the Batman. And <laughs> the, the Batman. <laughs> and uh, they like make it across the river. Moiraine sinks a ferry and like makes some fog. And everybody's really tired and freaked out. And they eventually get to Bear Lawn and they're holed up in this inn. They're all like, can't tell anybody their real name or whatever. I know. And oh, wait, I'm like skipping way ahead. So, right, that all happens. And then they keep going, and they end up in this horrible, haunted, like, deserted (laughs) city. Shatter our logos. And what does Matt want to do? Matt wants to go find treasure. Because he is the Pippin took of this quest (laughs) situation. And I love... he peregrine took the skeleton into the well and wakes up the balrog like sure does sure does and Fool it just reminds me how irritated i am with these characters who like have no sense of but they're all the thing is,
0: is like yes matt is maybe a little bit more aggressively annoying than the other two in in some of these <laughs> chapters although he Not makes up so for it much. later um I, I agree but they're all they all make terrible decisions at, at one point even like tom who i get it tom telling rand and oh, matt yeah. to like keep that shit close to the vest and you're like there has Ooh. been one person who has consistently helped you the entire time and her name is moiraine okay. you and- idiots
1: like you don't know this gleam. You met this gleam in five minutes ago, and also the dark one is in your dreams, like killing rats, and like, you're not gonna tell somebody. Seriously, about Seriously,
0: what is, is wrong, wrong with, with you? you? <laughs> <laughs> I just like they oh, all make terrible decisions. Even true. like sweet silent Perrin is oh. also also making bad decisions, and so like okay, not as well, many, not as many. <laughs> I I want to talk about sort of the... Okay, so leading up to when they get to Tehran Ferry and, and they have to take the ferry over and yeah. it's like they have all these notions about what people from that town are like and how they're all like not to be trusted, essentially. Yeah. I like this idea that based on being these country bumpkins, they have such a limited notion of what the world is actually like. And so are consistently being shown that their perceptions may not be reality or in this case it was sort of but how like every single time they get to another space it's like oh like there has to be this like (laughs) this like moment of exposition in which they all get to have their like holy crap Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) it's so cute oh it's really cute um yeah I love the part where they like I think they get to Bear Lawn and Rand is like so that's what a city yeah! looks yeah like. and Tom just starts laughing
0: I love it it's like it's like they got to Hoboken and Tom's like just fucking wait yeah. kids <laughs> such
1: a good analogy oh my god <laughs>
0: Like, this
1: is the biggest city
0: I've ever seen in my life. Oh, you think so?
1: (laughs) Sweet summer child. Yeah, can we talk about Tom for a second? I we're already talking about Tom. Yeah. Tom Marilyn. So interesting. So interesting. Hard to talk about without spoilers, but I'm going to try. I do think it's really interesting how the boys immediately sort of glom on to him as this, like, friendly slash potentially paternal advice giver figure it's the
0: patriarchy (laughs)
1: well that right also well not for nothing moiraine did kind of like threaten to kill them yes
0: (laughs) and lan is terrifying
1: he's they're scary as shit like let's be real (laughs) they're scary um I still agree with you that they're making the worst choices, Yes, but I a little bit get it because I just, I can't get over like the image of Tom with his giant handlebar mustaches and his his cloak. Like I just, I kind of, I loved, I do I did love Tom from the get go. I think the first time around and this time around too, you just kind of immediately, I just kind of immediately get attached to him.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's telling them stories, he's teaching them to juggle, like, like, there are these, like, moments where he is the kind of, he is the most, he is the safest option for, he's the safest adult option for them in this crew, right? Like, Moiraine terrifies them, like, like the part with the fairy where she drowns the fairy, essentially, and, like, brings that fog up, and it's to Mm -hmm. save them, of course, it's to keep them safer, but when you've never seen true magic before, or true the way the power can be used, which you've been told your entire life is bad news bears, like that's very, very scary. And so Tom is this like safe option for them to access for the boys. Like Egwene, yeah. I think is like just so excited at the potential to be a part of this. Yeah. Which I love so, so much. Like I I love how ready she is to like just Fall into the deep end. Like I adore that she was like. Yes I do want to be an Aes Sedai. And I like like this. uh, That she is kind of the person. Who tells Rand. Like you need to stop. Being so focused. On what you think you know. And look at what's in front of you. Mm. Like think for. She's basically like think for yourself you idiot. (laughs) Like. I love it.
1: Well, there's this moment that she has with Moiraine uh, that Rand is like eavesdropping on them yeah. they're like talking about lady stuff and he's like I want to hear what they're talking about well
0: I, that was the there was a line there that I'm like there had to be a better way to say this when she's like you're first touching oh yeah oh. <laughs> really that you there's gotta be a better way to say that buddy
1: fair enough but then, you know, Egwene is, like, talking about how, like, oh, it was the dudes, right? Like, the dudes corrupted everything and mm-hmm. broke the world. And, like, said I are all heroes and amazing. And Moiraine is, like, uh-huh. they're people. Like, you're going to get to Tar Valen and you're going to see that some of them are brave and some of them are cowards and some of them are great and some of them are more terrible because they're all just people. And I was just, like... somebody finally said it like it's this lovely moment of awareness that like it's not a binary it's not that simple people don't fall into these easy categories like not it's not just that like yeah dudes who channel are the worst and the ladies who channel are awesome like it's so much more complicated and nuanced than that and it's right there on the page it gets said oh and i just love i love that moment i do also love how ready she is to like do the thing like she's just so fearless it's it's so delightful
0: it's it's really nice in these early early stages and early parts of the story to have such a character who exists where it's like she's fearless she's the one who's telling ran to not be so afraid and 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 to tell him it's a i mean basically like there is this intense fear of outsiders indifference from all of them and Egwene is the one is like we should not be so afraid and granted she goes in the little a little ways in the other direction but it's interesting you know having Moiraine remind her that Aes Sedai are people and that they will have their differences and just like people can be corrupted etc when there are so many different outfits set up in these books right like you have the Aes Sedai you have the Children of the Light, you have the Queen, you have all the Ajas within the Aes Sedai, you have, like, the people at the Borderlands, you have all these different groups who have their own perspectives and, and infighting with them. It's so complex, it's so mm-hmm. complicated because you you can't... It's like he tries to, at the beginning, recognize that you can't make an assumption on who someone is based on what they're connected to. Yeah, yeah. Which is really, Which, of course, it's n- nice. Yeah, it is nice. Except that all the characters then proceed to continue I doing know. that forever. <laughs> and it's so irritating when you're like, None you, of them. you're the one who said that we shouldn't be doing this. Right. You're You're the one. Right. But it's no. in there. <laughs> Because people are like that, it's true. Though people
1: yeah. are like that. I mean, not not. I don't think necessarily to the extent that it it gets a little caricature ish at a certain point in these books down the line. But at bit. least right at least right now we've got nuance. ones, um, <laughs> and we've got Min. How excited was I for I love the Min. appearance of Min? Another binary buster. Mm-hmm. She's running around in dudes' clothes and nobody cares. Yeah, amazing, amazing.
0: And she's got powers. And she's got powers. Like I I I like that the, the seeds we're getting of just just so many things to come and yeah. so many mysteries that like you almost like you can't even keep track of everything. Oh yeah. Already. Like I think sure. she does say like last Lord of the Seven Towers, uh, about land and you're like, the fuck does that mean? <laughs> Because
1: especially we're still in Rand's head, like he doesn't know anything. He knows <laughs> nothing. He is Jon Snow. Like he has got no clue about <laughs> anything. Oh, it's so true. Yeah, I was super excited to get some more of these supporting characters. However, not super excited for the Children of the Light Ugh. to come into play. Yeah, that's the noise.
0: That is the noise. I hate. The Children of the Light. I hate the white cloaks.
1: They're the worst. They're the worst. So, right. So we have this limited interaction with them in Berylund. Like, Matt's, like, going to dump a cart on them or whatever. Which I think I thought was hilarious. (laughs) So stupid. He's so (laughs) stupid. He would have gotten away with it. (laughs) Except that Rand had this, like, crazy moment where he's going to confront them. And then they have to walk away. And then, of course, we meet them again, trying to leave the city. And it's a whole mess. I feel I was thinking about this. And I'm like, why? Why do I have such a strong reaction to them in particular? Like there's lots of different baddies to choose from in these books, right? Like you've got so many different people to be afraid of, ultimately, although we've only met a few of them at this point. Like, why is it that I can like, in certain ways to read about the other villains, but not... It makes me so angry every time a Children of the Light is on the page. I mean, they're real. Well, that's exactly it. I was like, there's no drag car or trollocs in my world like there's no like there's all of these other like things that haven't come into play yet that I won't name but they don't exist in my world but the children of life absolutely freaking do and I'm just like no get out of my fantasy face like I don't want to read about it
0: I mean that's the thing is like with when you have a world that's built with societies and communities being so afraid there's of course going to be a group that takes advantage of that fear and yeah. welcome you know, come on in, children of the light, be that like bigoted, awful, uh just really Dogmatic Dogmatic, like and and just so horribly conceited in thinking that you are the only truth.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's and we know we sadly know that those communities exist and and have severely negative impact on people and so seeing it in the book you're like there's too it's it's too close to its It's real world analog where you're like I don't I don't want this (laughs) (laughs) like it makes my skin crawl yeah same same but it is that moment where where Rand kind of like has his brain fart (laughs) <laughs> when dealing with the white cloaks, is it's these even like knowing what we know and not not spoiling it, but when I didn't remember certain things, I was struck by how frequently like I wrote this note before I while I was reading is like he is this like consistent passive participant in what's going mm. on, right? He mm-hmm. is constantly like surprised by the actions his body is taking You know, or he'll, the way he, the sentences are written about his action are very passive. Like he found himself with his sword in his fist or he realized he was crouching or all of a sudden he noticed the group was ahead of him. Like there are all these moments where he as a character is just completely unaware of what his body is doing, which I thought was just really smart. Mm. And like, again, those like really wonderful seeds being sown in the narrative. I thought it was that cool. Is, that
1: is cool. I didn't <laughs> notice that, but you're right. That's super interesting. It was
0: it was before I was like noticing it from from like pretty early on, where I was like, "You are consistently like you. Why are you so surprised by what you're doing?" Mm-hmm. And that it really solidified in that moment with the white cloaks, where he's just like doesn't even realize. Or, or the way that passage is written is so interesting because it's him, where he's like doing this, but. You, as the reader, are like, something is very wrong. Like, this is not the character that we have spent 14 or 15 chapters with. Like, Mm. what is happening? And then it's kind of like glossed over and then moved on. And it's, there's a lot of those like little moments, and you'll, we'll see it like, you see it with Perrin, and you see it with Matt, and you see it with Egwene. And all of that will like come to a head later. It's just really fascinating how it's not just done. Within the plot, but it's done literally on a syntax level, like within the, yeah. the actual writing of the sentences.
1: That's that writer craft shit.
0: I know, right? What the hell? <laughs> so good. That's <laughs> really good. It's really good.
1: Um, uh, do we want to okay. talk about
0: Nineveh?
1: Come yes, back. I was just going to say, what's the other thing that happens in Fairlawn? Nineveh catches up. And Land falls in love. Yeah! <laughs> It's, it's there. I I argue it's in the text.
0: It is in the text because straight up, Lana's like, "You followed my trail," and like, they're basically heart eyes. Yeah. Oh, he's so
1: shocked and like impressed. I love and it. Yeah, it's and she's just like, "What? I know how to track a rabbit," and he's like, "Bitch, I like trained in the Borderlands." Like,
0: <laughs> it's so good. I will so- say it's like kind of. This is where you see some of the like the the weakness in his characterization, I think, come out because the name is so annoying. At the, <laughs> no. at the head, she is. She's like, I'm like, just stop talking for one second and listen. <laughs> they, but they don't give her the motivation. They don't tell us like why she is a like. Why are you making her this way? They don't—they t- right. don't give us that. She just is, and it's so yeah. grating. And granted, from like to your point from the last episode, it is all from Rand's perspective, right? And so, like, of course, but still, I was like, <laughs> oh my god.
1: Well, I do feel like it's. Said more than once how young she is and how hard she's had to work to get respect. That's true. uh, In the Two Rivers, as a wisdom, because she is way too young to be doing the job that she's doing. So for me, her motivation is just like, I'm not going to wait for you to listen to me. I am going to make you listen to me and I'm so used to having people argue with me about what's best when I know like in my bones what the right thing to do is here that like I'm not I don't I'm not even gonna wait for you to come around like I'm just gonna do what I think is right and like you're gonna have to deal with it now does she take it too far absolutely but I cannot find it in my heart at least not at this moment not yet to be annoyed with her because she's just so oh I just love her so much I love how I kind of love how angry and stompy she is not gonna lie I do I kind of love it I do but I want
0: more I want more like actual textual basis for it in the same way that sure. I feel like he seeds this stuff with some of the other characters yeah he hasn't done it with her yet yeah. Like we'll get there, but it's not there yet. And so I just found her like particularly grating in these chapters. That's fair. That's fair. Uh so the other the, the two other big things that happen is like there's a straight up frickin' battle. Yeah. <laughs> like, straight up like they battle these Murder and Trollocs, which I think is so cool, by the way. Like I love that it's like these three boys who kind of have to become soldiers. In in this like very abrupt way, yeah. And they try so hard, and I'm like, oh, I'm so glad you all survived. Seriously,
1: <laughs> it is stressful that section. Oh my goodness, it's real stressful. Yeah, the flight from Shatterlogos, and they're like, there's trollocs everywhere, and they're going over these hills, and like everything's a disaster. Oh my gosh, super stressful. Um. And the mist, the, the mist that's gonna suck your soul out of you, the I can't Oh, remember so, name scary. Right now. so scary. So scary. Like, so scary.
0: Everything in Shatterlog I, we talked about it last time, but like Jordan's just such a master at like suspense and, and horror. Yeah. In a way that you kind of forget when you haven't read the books in a long time. Like yeah. the whole sequence where Matt and Rand and Perrin are sneaking around Shatterlogath looking for treasures terrifying like the moment mm-hmm. Rand I think it is Rand who realizes there are no shit like the thing that's wrong is that there are no shadows I, was yeah. like, Ooh. Ooh, I would slow. like to point out that my note on this is Shadow Logoth ah Mordeth is very scary Matt is such a stupid baby <laughs> <laughs> you're just right where
1: is the lie he is a stupid baby he <laughs> is a stupid stupid baby <laughs> oh but He's a stupid baby who speaks in tongues, which I thought was talking of seeds, a cool moment. Very cool moment. Yeah. Yeah. I love how you just like it's funny because you talked about how Rand like constantly doesn't know why he's doing anything that he's doing. And that's a great moment. That's actually probably the one moment of character development we get for Matt in these opening chapters is that like. He says, these words come out of his mouth in the heat of this moment. He has no idea what they mean. He has no idea where they came from. He's not super comfortable about it afterwards. Like, he's not, like, he feels weird about it. And you actually get to see a moment of him not being just this, like, careless sort of trickster figure. Like, oh, look, there are feelings in there somewhere. Yeah, (laughs) Here's a feeling
0: that Matt had. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no I love it because it does have all these like there is such a weight to it because he has been that kind of you kind of make a lot of assumptions about who he is as a character and then all of a sudden you're like oh maybe I was maybe I was wrong and maybe I should be paying more attention to him too right Ooh. but then I still want to strangle him I know so, you know <laughs> uh, I love that Mordeth is like basically tongue.
1: Ooh, good call. Right? Good call.
0: He's just like mm-hmm. basically worm tongue, like this like sort of weak assistant who is a lot of talk and terrifying. Like it's not that he's mm-hmm. not terrifying, but the whole story of kind of Erdal, like there's this line where it's the victory of all is light and that's the battle cry that Mordeth gave, and the men of verdal shouted it while their deeds abandoned the light. I was like, this is mm. far too real. Too real. Too real. Why, like, especially because I was reading this like two weeks ago, and I was like, no.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: There's some timing for you. I know, right? Yeah, <laughs> it, it is. It is. I mean, it just kind of feels like... I think this is the whole point in a certain way of epic fantasy, right? Is that like, it takes these universal themes and, mm-hmm. you know, puts them in, you know, makes them more elaborate or markedly different from the way they are in the real world. But you're still using all of these real world conflicts as the basis. Cause otherwise, why would we care? Like we don't, right. if, the, if the stakes aren't familiar to us, we don't care. So so that, but also it is just interesting to me how, like, nothing is new. Like, everything is, there have always been, you know, dogmatic zealots. There have mm-hmm. always been, you know, these places where horrible things have happened and, like, have left ruins behind them. Like, there are all of these these dark things that the boys are just starting to understand about the world around them. It is, like, a very classic sort of hero's journey and the villains are villains that we experience just in very different ways. Yep.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and so we kind of come to an end at this very like suspenseful moment where everybody scatters. They just they just scatter and and we don't know what's happened to anyone except Ray and Matt and Tom who have made it onto this boat after almost being taken, um, by Trollocs. Yeah. Woo. And like, then, you know, that this is, it's getting real, like the separation it's again, it's very, it's very, you know, um, leading up to the two towers. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, the the fellowship has to disband and and people have to go off and kind of handle their own goals to an extent. Um, in this case, same same way where it was born out of violence. Wait, did I find?
1: I just found. Okay, okay, go to page two ninety nine. Okay, so it's technically part of chapter twenty. And that chapter is primarily from Rand's perspective. Uh Uh-huh. I knew it! I knew it!
0: I knew it!
1: I was like, I swear to God! (laughs) I forgot there's this teeny tiny thing. There is! I
0: knew it! I was like, am I going bananas? Why would I write that down?
1: (laughs) Because it happens. It's just not clearly marked. But yeah, you get like, what, three or four pages of Perrin's perspective all of a sudden.
0: Oh, I knew it. I legitimately, I was like, why would I, why would I say this? But yes, this is the first moment we get of a perspective that is not Rand's, almost 300 pages into this, (laughs) into the story. And it's Perrin. And I remember, I was like, oh my God. Like, I don't know why I thought that it would take much longer, actually. But I loved, I knew it. I was like, this timeline doesn't make sense. Oh, I feel so vindicated. I'm leaving everything in. I'm not editing any of it out. <laughs> maybe some of the extended pauses. Yeah, maybe so. I'll, I'll, I'll cut down on the like, ah, uh, but whatever. Ah, I knew it because no, I remember I... this moment. Where he's, like, still in Shadar Lagoth and doesn't know what's going on. uh, And then runs into Egwene. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then they get separated again. They jump in the river. Yeah. So it's literally just two and a half, three pages. Yeah. But it is – it was very jarring to me to go all this Rand and then just get this three pages of Perrin and then back to Rand.
1: Right. You're like, what is happening? I love, I have big love for the fact that Perrin is the first other perspective we get. Because you know I
0: love him. I know. I love him so much. You love Perrin a lot. And it's 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 warranted. But it is, and it is, it is so funny to be in his head all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, because he has such a, he's just so significantly more thoughtful than Rand. <laughs> in yeah. And not in like a. A nice thoughtful of it. Literally he thinks about things more yes. than Rand. More
1: than I think a lot of people, honestly, yes. and certainly boys of that age. Uh I think that it's just I yeah, it's a really interesting choice to start there. And I think it's I wonder, I wonder now how he decided who got paired off with who in the great scattering of mm-hmm. these early pages because I think Perrin and Egwene are such an interesting combo. I agree.
0: I think yeah. it was smart. It was smart because the dynamic of Rand and Egwene would have been way too romantic, which or like we, not romantic, but like complicated. Well, like. we we didn't even talk about Min's kind of declaration there of oh, like she's true. not for you, right? That that mm-hmm. moment of like expectation we're supposed to have for the two of them has already been in the first like you know whatever 20 chapters has had a kind of and it didn't feel to me as though it was oh their love will survive despite this person saying it it felt very much the way Rand took it which was like it felt real and it felt honest and it felt like that's something we should genuinely think about as readers and I think had Jordan paired Rand and Egwene off we would have bucked up against what min said much more than we did than we end up doing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and with matt and Egwene, it just would oh, have been Egwene no. being like shut up for <laughs> like just gonna murder each other <laughs> uh, yeah so Perrin and Egwene make sense to me because it's they're the two most thoughtful of the four kids
1: yeah that's fair that's a very fair assessment Ooh, I am so excited for these next chapters. I know. Like, I just can't. So many things
0: are happening and so many things are about to happen. I'm so excited. There is so much coming. And, like, even excited at the prospect of, do we know? No, we don't know. the We don't know the other thing yet. We don't know what's happened with Lan, Moiraine, Ornanave yet. No, that'll, no we that'll have no idea. After. Um Yeah, for Tom, Matt, and Rand, and that, because that's also, like, that's also such an interesting dynamic with the two of them already seeing Tom as such, like, a father figure, and Tom having such an antipathy for what he sees as Moiraine's plans, like, he doesn't really have a vested interest in maintaining that course of action, so who knows how that's going to go, like, it's, there's so, it's so exciting,
1: Yeah, it is. It is. It is very exciting. So many characters. It is sort of astonishing to me that Robert Jordan managed to pull this off. Seriously. That he went into it with this many characters from the get-go. It's not even like they pick some up along. I mean, they do pick more up along the way. But just from the start, you've got like, what, seven, eight people, all with Mm -hmm. vying interests and personalities and dynamics
0: it It really does turn into all of these like how he <laughs> how he weaves together all the plot ah. threads <laughs> uh are it's it's amazing just how many various things are going to have to get woven together to create this massive massive story, yeah bonkers i am i have I'm so curious how the show is gonna do it. <laughs> How it's do a lot. you do it?
1: I know. I don't know. I mean, it, I guess it depends on how slow, how much they invest in character development versus plot points, right? Because, you know, that's the thing about TV is that you kind of have to keep the plot moving yeah. or people are not going to hang around. Whereas I think in a book you can get away with I mean, again, some people will not hang around, but you can get away with more character development and a little less plot in a book than I think you can in a TV show. Um, And so, yeah, I just am so curious to see, you know, how they will sort of telegraph to us things about these characters, because we know they've been cast, right? Like we know they're they're all in there. It's not like they lost a couple characters or, like, you know, sometimes they'll combine characters or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I guess, you know, I I mean, Game of Thrones has so many problems that I, like, don't even want to get started talking about. But I feel like one of the things, at least the early seasons did, was give us a nice amount of insight into a lot of different characters. Yeah,
0: and, and I also think Wheel of Time is going to benefit immensely by having the story be finished so they know yeah. who is important. You they know what plot threads they need to follow so that it'll make sense as the Are books you telling go me on.
1: it's not all important breathing?
0: <laughs> I didn't say anything. <laughs> oh. oh man, there's so much to come. This the so show's fun. gonna have to be like eight million seasons. I know.
1: They haven't technically gotten a renewal. I mean, they still, I guess, from what I read this morning, six of the episodes have been done filming, but they've had to pause on the final two because of COVID issues on set and in in the Czech Republic where they're filming. So, you know, who knows, first of all, when those two will Mm -hmm. get filmed? Who knows if they'll release the ones that have been filmed? Like, will they get those into production sooner? Will we get them on time? Like, who knows? But apparently even though the show has not actually been renewed for a season 2 yet cuz it's not even done with season 1 like filming much less production uh the writers room has already started on season for season 2, two. Well, is it if doing? it's if it's 8 episodes I feel like man that can't be a whole book. There's uh, no way that can be a whole book.
0: I that I feel like that could be like up to Logos. Yeah. <laughs> I don't disagree, except there's no way they'll do it that way. No, so like, they'll cut, I mean, they, I guess they could, like, if they wanted to, like, they could cut the ferry and move directly, you know, they could go directly yeah. from Two Rivers to Bear Line. You don't really yeah, yeah. need that no, ferry right. scene. I like it, but, like, fine.
1: <laughs> right, sure. Yeah, no, there's lots of moments that they could cut, absolutely. Yeah. There's lots of side quests, if you will, yeah, that, yes. they, that they could cut out. Um, but also, like, so much of the side quests is where we get the character development. So, well, yeah, I
0: mean, that's the thing. And where they like meet people that you think aren't going to be important, and then, like, surprise, seven yeah. books later, there's <laughs> that guy you met for a single page. Remember in book two. that guy? <laughs> Better go I back bet and reread it. <laughs> no.
1: Oh lord, it's so much. It's uh, going to be really interesting to see how well we can keep track of anything. <laughs>
0: we're not. It's going to be horrible. I'm going to be like, why does this guy's name sound so familiar? <laughs> do I know you? Wait, do I know you? Oh, I already like can't remember anyone's name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Do we have are there any other things for these chapters that that we didn't hit on that you wanted to talk about?
1: no it's just a lot of ranting about dreams
0: yeah really. we, didn't, we didn't spend a lot of time on dreams i know dreams are very important and are going to just become more important um but they're what can you say at this point they're they're terrifying they're that's terrifying the the and point. they're happening and yeah. and the the boys are being idiots and not telling moiraine correct <laughs> like that's it. that's it that's the tweet <laughs> uh all right well then i guess that kind of wraps it up for this episode um keep an eye out for future episodes on the second and fourth wednesday of every month next time we will be talking about chapters 21 through 30 of the eye of the world uh you can find the show mostly like wherever it is by hashtag tarvalon or bust um and yeah yeah, and we
1: have some shout-outs for our newest Patreon supporters. Thanks, y'all, so much for supporting the show. It means so much to us. We really appreciate your dollars. Uh, so let's see. Shout-outs this time go out to Elizabeth, Thomas, Saber Bouquet, Jericho, Kat, MJ, Destination Toast, and Danny oh gosh I hope I said your name right I will say it again if we did not get it correct you just let us know uh
0: and a very big thank you to Brian Dunn fellow Wheel of Time fan and musician who created the amazing intro and outro tracks for this podcast you can find more of his work at briandunnmusic.net that's Brian with a y and Dunn with two n's
1: and if you are enjoying our ramblings, please do leave a review and or a rating on the podcast platform of your choice. It'll help other folks to find the show, and we so appreciate it. Uh, you can also find us in between shows on social media. I am primarily on Instagram these days at I am Jen IRL. that's I-A-M-J-E-N-N-I-R-L, you can also catch me on uh, two podcasts at Book Riot, Get Booked, and SFF yeah.
0: And I am mostly on Twitter and Instagram, though sometimes Tumblr to an extent, at Run With Skizzers, S-K-I-Z-Z-E-R-S. You can find me co-hosting Daisy Geek Girls with Swapna Krishna. And actually, I forgot about this one, but co-hosting uh, the ultimate, no, what is the name of my Spider-Man podcast? I also have a Spider-Man podcast. This what? The Spectacular Spider-Cast uh, with Alex Segura, where we talk about specific runs of the Spider-Man comic. And... Should have two episodes, one of Spider-Man and one of Daisy Geek Girls, also out this week. Oh, well, Um, last week, I guess, when you're listening to this, because this will upload next week.
1: (laughs) Amazing. You are the podcast queen.
0: (sighs) I just like to talk to my friends about cool stuff. I mean, so say we all. (laughs) (laughs) All right, y'all. We'll talk to you next time. Oh, yeah. We still don't have a sign-off. No, we still don't have a sign-off. Okay, bye. (laughs)